Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 8, Episode 3, Bone Storm. The book, Star Trek, Planet X, X-Men, it's a, it's a mess. It's a, it's a mess of a title. Sir, <laughs> chapters 6 through 8, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Sir, it's a mess. A person who would stick his dick through a hole in a shower wall has no honor. That's what I do. I press the button that says cloak. Such is my distaste for Cyclops. Anyone sees you fucking this statue, they know you want to fuck. And welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Trek X-Men novel discussion podcast. Hey. For, for you know, now. You know what's amazing? Hmm? Episode 100. Oh, this is episode 100. You're right. We should do something special. Yeah. Why we don't should... we pause it right now and go get a tasty slice of apple bread? Have some apple bread. <laughs> been... Fuck this podcast <laughs> forever. I have been baking hard cider apple bread all day because well, of, a, of a mishap. you thought you were baking. I know. There was a stove mishap. I don't know what happened, but, but now it's done. It's sitting in there cooling, and I want it so much more than I want to do this. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's the the carrot on the end of this stick that I we mean, got here. It is so it's going to be so good. It's got strongbow artisanal in there. It's got two tasty Honeycrisp apples. Yeah, just pin- sitting there whole oh, inside. Yeah, of that it. just baked them in like eggs into a meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> They're sitting in there, just a surprise little Scotch egg going on. If you find the apple, you get four dollars. It's a tradition. Uh, this is mostly an apple. <laughs> you get four dollars. <laughs> Uh, I don't have four dollars though, so you know I owe you. <laughs> I owe you one apple. <laughs> what could an apple cost? Four dollars? That sounds about right. You, you ever check the exchange rates? It's nuts. Anyway, congratulations on a hundred episodes of Expounded Universe. Yes, congratulations to us. Yeah, I was doing oh, this for congratulating you. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to congratulate myself. I don't have an ego, but John. Congratulations to me. Congratulations to you on 100 episodes. And also congratulations to me on 100 episodes. It's all you. It's been you all along. <laughs> That's right. It was me, Austin. <laughs> it was me all along. I was the turkey all along. And other references. <laughs> and here's to 100 more episodes of this. <laughs> you know, all this. <laughs> so... This isn't a special one. We're just hitting a milestone, and we'll keep on going. Yeah, we we weren't exactly like, oh, let's stop in the middle of a book and do something. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Maybe we'll do a milestone thing at the end of it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. I want some apple bread. Let's get pushing. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's just do a quick 20-minute episode. Let's, wrap it up. Uh, wrap it up. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Some stuff <laughs> happens, and uh, we're out of here. I don't know. Storm dies. Whatever. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Check in. Storm's dead. Check in next week for a series of apologies about what we got wrong. <laughs> okay, so the the episode does open up with some Storm stuff, because uh, Chapter 6 opens on <laughs> Smash Cut. On Smash Mouth. On Smash Mouth, performing their hit song, Walking on the Sun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not All-Star. Not All-Star. I, no. I like the that early... That would be gauche. I'm, I'm a bit more of an early Smash Mouth guy. I mean, I'm more of a Smash Mouth's cover of Why Can't We Be Friends. I mean, that's a great thing on the basketball soundtrack. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I owned the album Fush You Mang. Oh, okay. That's different. I had the basketball soundtrack, which had that and uh, the Real Big Fish beer on it. Oh, see, those are both great. Yeah, but I had the actual Smash Mouth album. I never and saw them in concert. <laughs> Ooh, rough. Ooh, I mean, it was at the fair. 
to be fair. I don't know that I've ever seen a concert that I would now be embarrassed. Oh, no, wait. Yes, you and I together. <laughs> okay, one embarrassing concert. I've been to that. I uh, I saw Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of nonsense that I would not normally have gone to see. I have seen three bands five times each. <laughs> And I did all that before I turned 30, because at that point I was like, fuck concerts. <laughs> fuck going to see bands. But I've got a way to play music. But I saw five Metallica shows, five John, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker shows. <laughs> five John Mayer shows. And the, no, the fifth, one's, <laughs> the fifth one's the Aquabats. Uh, I've only been able to see them once, but I was so happy I was. I mean, sad that I didn't get to see them back when they had horns, but you know, it's I, fine. I saw the horn section, I think, twice, and then three times without. Mm. Uh, but you know, they still put on a hell of a show with, without the horn section. It's, it's, it's completely worth yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, they have the most polite mosh pit that's ever existed. Now, for, as to the question of, uh, of that embarrassing concert, <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll just have to stick around for the bonus content, won't you? No, you won't. It was hinder and, uh, oh, it was three days grace hinder Papa Roach and Nickelback. There it is. Nickelback headlining, of course. Oh and we walked out about halfway through the first Nickelback song. No, we. I think we made it to the second one, right? Because uh, they played one song and then they started doing photograph. Yeah, photo- and we were like, I'm good. Yeah, because they had like a slideshow of themselves as kids and. Also, Chad Kroger, or whatever his name is from Nickelback. Hey, San Diego, <laughs> I like to smoke marijuana. And I'm like, oh, God, do not pander. Where could I go surfing, bros? <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> yeah, it was real rough. <laughs> that we didn't leave during a Hinder show. Dude, Hinder put on a great fucking show. I'm not going to lie. I had only heard one of their songs before, and I was like, these guys are not bad. <laughs> so anyway, that's a, that's the one concert to which we can both agree to be a, a little embarrassed about. <sighs> so Storm. S- Storm and Professor X are going to have a little sit down. You mean Picard. Professor Picard. Professor Card. Professor Card. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Picard and Storm are going to have a little sit down. Yes. I was honestly really waiting for Storm to be like, you know, you look a lot like Professor X. I feel like this mo- this book must pre... Because it's... I wonder if it does. I wonder if this book predates the movie. Uh, we, have, we have yet to announce this book's date. That's true. I don't know what this book's date is. I'm going to look it up right now. Well, the movie is 2000. Ooh, it came out before that. It's okay. 98. Well, there you have it then. Yeah. So so that means that they don't know yet. That pa- although Patrick Stewart is an ideal... Um, I mean, Professor X, they had been saying Patrick Stewart since I was in like fifth grade. I mean, to be fair, since you were in fifth grade, they were also saying that uh, it should be what's his face for Dolph Lundgren is Colossus. Of yes. Course. No, that's the easy one. <laughs> the, the What's his name? The singer uh, as uh, as Wolverine. He's the short little uh, singer, the, the mother. The, the short little. Yeah, he's singer. the short little guy. He's, yeah, he's, Ronnie James Dio. No, it was the, who sings mother? Uh, that guy. Oh, uh, Danzig. 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 I almost said Dawkins. Wizard Magazine back in the nineties was like fucking Danzig for Wolverine. Yeah, dude, I loved Wizards Dreamcast <laughs> for movies, and that, the weird thing is, at least a couple times they were spot on. That is not spot on, though. But man, sometimes they were just like, how about this dumb bullshit? And you're like, what? I don't think that guy can act, though. I mean, he's a professional singer. Hey. Eh, it doesn't matter. Put him, in, put him in a Wolverine costume and have him say, bub. <laughs> Let him say, 
bub. Anyway, Picard and Storm are going to sit down and discuss the situation. Uh, we begin with a ritualistic offering of tea. Indeed. Uh, Storm would prefer an herbal blend, please. And in one of the problems that's common with these fan kind of fan feeling kind of books, we get like way too much description about tea. Like, oh well, it had cherry blossom and orange zest and, and rose hips and blackberry leaf. You're like, oh, okay. All right, it was a cup of tea then. Thanks for letting great, me know. Great. He yeah. gave Storm some tea. And of will course- it be commented on? Never. <laughs> And, of course, we here on the Enterprise can have any sort of tea we wish because of the replicators. It's just, all right, we get it. We get it. You know, we know. We're here (laughs) on the Enterprise. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, she takes a nice cup of herbal tea, and and he, of course, gets tea Earl Grey hot. Yeah. And uh, She gets a nice cuppa. Yeah, he has to say the whole line. So he says, tea, Earl Grey hot. Shut up, Wesley. And then he... (laughs) Engage. I just don't get to say that one as often. Number as- one. <laughs> he just went through all of his things at once. What the devil? I mean, when last episode, I don't think I mentioned it, but there is a point where they describe him doing the Picard maneuver mm-hmm. where he just like tugs his uh, shirt oh, down. Which means that they put him back in a costume that doesn't fit. Because remember, by season five of the show, they had given him a shirt pants and a jacket and they're like ah yes it's the captain's outfit (laughs) instead of i'm not wearing that jumpsuit again you can't make me (laughs) uh well i mean he was basically in it for the movie to win it and they're in those costumes yeah okay uh so we learned some interesting details over the course of of this conversation uh first of all they're going to spend some time kind of obliquely hitting on each other which is straight up weird yeah there's a lot of like uh picard going like ooh, ooh! i accidentally said something flirty oh my ooh. Oh. i would give anything to know what she thinks of what i said that, just a lot of that oh if only she could see my penis <laughs> they'll call it the rika maneuver <laughs> going right over this chair <laughs> just flopping it over the top of the chair <laughs> Uh, Even right. that the Riker maneuver is a thing. Uh, it's a couple of things. It's it, in in acting terms, it's him stepping over the chair because sitting down messed up his outfit. Otherwise, and in I believe the Nemesis movie or whichever one it is, that's basically just them hanging out with the Baku people on planet yeah. old sexy folk. Uh-huh. Uh There's he does some fancy piloting with a fucking joystick, and Jordy has to say, "If this goes through, they'll call it the Riker maneuver." <laughs> It didn't, though. No one <laughs> called it that. So, anyway, we also learned some important details. Uh, we discussed the previous circumstances of, uh, in which the TNG crew met the X-Men, which was battling Kang and, like, Sentinel Borgs. Yep. But we also learned that it's been about a year since this happened for the Enterprise crew. Yeah, so but- they all had uh, devices they stole from Kang the Conqueror, mm-hmm. Uh which are time hooks, and that was going to allow them to go to their, essentially, dimension and timeline. Yes. But while it worked for the Enterprise, and they just went pretty much right back where they were, and it's been a year, the X-Men just popped out here. Like, when we saw them on Starbase 88, that was them immediately trying to use it to go home so it has been zero time for them yeah yeah uh okay 
So the X-Men, it's been about a day and a half, and they're, they're like, oh, Storm's just excited to see Picard again, because, well, sort of. She's also kind of worried, because now their time hooks aren't just broken, they're gone. Yeah, when they showed up here, the time hooks were just missing. Yeah. They're like, I don't know what happened, but our time hooks are gone, we have no way of getting back. Do you still have yours? Yeah, and he says, well, we did have our time hook we used to return home, but we've turned it over to the Starbase or whatever for Starfleet analysis. Starfleet High Command, and yeah. then that shit got fucked up, so... Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember what she was saying, what thing fucked up Starfleet High Command that he was referring to. Yeah, I don't know what there's a thing lot he was of, talking about. There's a lot of official episode and movie reference drops over the course of this conversation. Uh, there's a point, for example, during the Florida year parts of the conversation, there's a point where she notices the flute on his desk. Yes. Because he still has that, what is that, Rikaran or whatever flute on his desk, uh, which is from an episode where he spends 25 minutes living out another guy's entire life, and at the end he still has the flute, and now he knows how to play it. Yeah. Uh, and then she's like, he, well, he has to say, oh, yes, my flute. I used to have a certain, let's say, friend with whom I would perform duets. <laughs> in the vagina <laughs> that's lieutenant commander i think darren data? Or darren or <laughs> <laughs> lieutenant commander data hey he is fully functional <laughs> <sighs> very well sir <laughs> uh no but he that's i think her name is naren or laren or darren i forget which one it's been a long time since i saw that episode it's probably not laren that's that's a different character daddies but there was this woman who like he would play like actual duets with and did date but then by the end of the episode she was like i feel like our relationship's too strong i have to leave the ship you know because this isn't an episodic show and also you know you're my commanding officer so this probably isn't a good idea well it's not un unprecedented in starfleet for married couples to fly around together but but uh yeah, but they weren't married oh no they were just dating but they would have been eventually picard's a christian man <laughs> ah! <laughs> a good christian man is picard <laughs> we also get a mention um when he's asking Storm about her life, and she's like, oh, my parents died when I was very young. And he's it was like, oh. very sad. I, yeah, and he's like, I understand death. My brother and nephew recently perished in a fire. That one took me some remembering, uh, <laughs> because I only remembered the episode where he meets his weird brother and nephew. Uh, who His brother's one of those pompous, landowning effete types who's like, never bring a replicator on my property. I will only eat food that my wife slaves over. Uh, great. They died off screen and were mentioned. <laughs> they died as they lived off, off screen. screen. <laughs> <laughs> and were mentioned in the movie Star Trek Generations. Ah, uh, great. Yeah, so that was, that took me a while to remember what the fuck he was talking about. Yeah, there's a lot of nonsense. This, especially this conversation, yeah. is like the the two of them referencing comic and episode things between the two of them mm -hmm. and giving no context. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about Star Trek Generations is it's happening in the same year that, like, Cisco gets promoted to captain. Huh. And they don't mention it on, the, on DS9. DS9 just kind of lets all that weird shit with the center of the universe and time crises and Pavel Chekhov showing up. It just passes. They're, they're hey. like, whatever, we got Cardassian stuff. <laughs> Look, I... <laughs> Don't fuck with me and my shit right now. If you tell me one more thing the Enterprise has done, I swear to God, so help me. Uh, okay, so we also, yeah, we learned that he had a, a, a girlfriend at one point, uh, which he has to handle as delicately as possible for a extremely self-assured and confident 55-year-old man. But he's supposed to be like, mm, yes, I, at one point I did have a friend. <laughs> she... 
She had what I need. <laughs> but she said she's just a friend. And I was like, come on, man. You've dated more people than that. I mean, if this is the timeline it is, you've also, you're also on your way to marrying and then separating from Beverly Crusher. Uh, uh, you dated Vash. There's been a list. You dated a lot of people. There's, it's, it's okay. There's a whole group of people that you have banged. Yeah. It's fine if you're like, yo, I've, I've been known to play. Yeah. And she's Please like, only hate the game. Yeah, and she's like, well, I also have known love, and then just leaves it at that. And we're like, all right, I, okay, fine. Which which one are you talking about? Is it Forge, Black Panther? Where are we going? <laughs> Who are we talking about here? Yeah. Uh, so they are sort of uncertain about the whole time hook thing as far as can we actually get this back? Yeah, but he's uh, like, well, don't worry, because obviously I'm just going to have Jordy figure it out. I'll be like, Jordy, we need to send these guys to another dimension. And he'll be like, yes, Captain. <laughs> Fine. Uh, the, Particles. The uh, the big thing with this is like, oh, uh, I got to go to some fucking conference thing with the Klingons. But we're going to have one, Dr. Crusher check all of you out just to make sure that your shit's okay. Mm -hmm. And two, we're going to have Jordy go over your nonsense and try and figure out what the fuck happened to you. Yes. And uh, with that, they're about ready to part. Uh, but she she says something. She's like, Captain, there's one thing I've been thinking, and I can't say it. And then she leaves, and it ends with, and he would give anything to know what she said. <laughs> uh, or what she refused to say, rather. Sigh. Yeah. Oh, leaders seldom enjoy stable relationships, but... <gasps> no, I mustn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God damn it. <laughs> You motherfuckers. I love that they've decided to set up, set up Storm and Picard. It's the weirdest combination. Yeah, you wouldn't really think of that as a pairing. No. But they're like, well, we got to have everyone on the ship have someone else that they can dick around with. Yeah, and it leaves me very, very frightened, and I'll tell you why. It, because no one has mentioned what's going on with two characters in particular over the course of these three chapters, and those, of course, are R William Riker and Shadowcat. Ha! <laughs> 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 Why don't you have a seat right over here? <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris Hansen. I'm Chris Space Hansen. <laughs> uh, I'm Q. God damn it. I'm Q Hansen. <laughs> I'm here to judge you. Uh anyway, yeah, that that's what's going on. Uh then I guess we check in with Arid. Yeah, pretty much the entire next chapter is a arid chapter. Yes, and there's two things that happen. Uh, there are two sets of arid events over the course of this. Yeah. The first one... One happens now, and the next one is next chapter. Yes. Uh, the one that happens now is that arid is hanging around in his quarters, and he is mentally contacted by a guy oh, named... No, they're outside. Oh, he's outside? Okay. But he is mentally contacted by a guy named... I think it's Paldul. Paldul, yeah. Yeah, Paldul. Uh, Paldul turns out to have the power of mental contacting. Yeah, well, we knew that. We yeah. knew the dude with the craters, the craters in his head. Yeah, he has cheese head, and he can he can or moon head, and he can communicate with people. He's got that moon face. It turns out that he has rapidly associated him uh, his powers. Like he's he, he's developed very quickly. At first, he basically had Deanna Troy's abilities, like full stop. But now he's like, oh no, I can reach right into minds and carry on conversations across distances. He's like, oh, when I first got my powers. I couldn't stop hearing everyone's thoughts, and it was super fucked up. Mm -hmm. But it took me about a couple days, and then I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you got over that quick. Yeah, this dude's rad. Meanwhile, Arid is like, I have 
Barely. What a piece of shit am I then? <laughs> I mean, in Aaron's defense, it's very hard for him to practice his powers in a situation where he's not supposed to be using them at all. Well, yeah, because the problem is he's like, oh, I'm like solar powered, but I can't practice containing myself in the sun because the second I go out there and start shooting laser beams, they are going to laser beam me. Yeah, so all he can do is sit around in his room at night and fire tiny energy beams to practice. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, Male energy beams. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he isn't as practiced and he feels a little, almost a little ashamed about it at the moment when he's talking to Paul, Paul Duell. But he's like, yeah, you know, in, in my defense, it's not my fault. My powers are crazy. Yeah, and, I got dumb bullshit. At yeah. least you've got something cool you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he drops an interesting hint while he's having the oh, well, uh, Paul Duell does while the conversation's going on, uh, which is that Rahatan has a plan, and Rahatan's the guy that he's the guy who does who's going to do something cool, but we haven't seen, <laughs> we him, haven't do it seen yet. him do it. Yeah, and he's basically the the Magneto of the planet Jaldia. Yeah, I mean, last uh, episode when he showed up, it was like, ooh, he's. He's sexy and and charismatic, and he doesn't want to do what the guards say. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, great, sure, yeah. you're going to be the troublemaker. Yeah. But uh, the other thing we find out though is Paul Duell has talked to pretty much everyone in this prison so far. Yeah, except for one guy. Well, he's been inside the brain of one guy. But he's like, I'm not going to talk to him. Uh, Moloch is insane he's insane his power is that he can set fire to things he's looking at yeah he apparently just has combustive powers like yeah, he can see whatever thi- he's looking at he can be like and fire yes but he's completely insane he was a mental patient before he developed his mutation powers yeah so uh but he's just you know that star trek insane where it's just a generic you know that guy's crazy done well i mean it's it is any media property yeah. insane which is what is this Oh, he's in a straitjacket and is going, (laughs) I know who the Batman is. Yeah. I am. (laughs) I'm the Batman. (laughs) What? What are you talking about? It's me, Austin. (laughs) I was the Batman all along. Oh, why doesn't WWE just drop a billion dollars and buy rights to Batman and make that the only Batman thing worth watching? Just all of these Batman villain-themed and Batman hero-themed wrestlers just going out. It's the only character they buy. They just have Batman. That's it. (laughs) Batman versus Roman Reigns. (laughs) What? Which is great, because one of Roman Reigns' signature moves is the Superman punch. So... (laughs) Oh, the Dudley boys need someone to fight, and here comes the brand new Batman! Uh, good it, Lord. It's the brand new day, but they're Batmans. It's the brand, 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 brand new bat, bat day. It's the brand new bat day. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I think that's all that this chapter has for him, right? He well, just has this little conversation. It's uh, basically we get the confrontation in this one. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so they're supposed to go inside. Uh, essentially when the shadows hit the top of the wall, mm-hmm. uh, normally they're allowed out just for the day, but as soon as it gets dark, they have to go inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arid pretty much just keeps track of time cause he doesn't have any other way of doing it by the shadows. Yes. So he's like, Oh, essentially once they get up to, uh, wall level, that's usually when the guards are like, all right, everybody get the fuck inside. You can have your last meal and then go to your room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
today that will not do. Today is is a, a very special day. Today's the day they're going to rise up. Today's the day they go to Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, jokes for just us. So when <laughs> when the call is made by the guards for everyone to go inside for last meal, as they call it, uh, Rahatan stands firm and says, no, we don't want to. Fuck want- you, this is ridiculous. It's still light out. We should be allowed to be outside. Yeah, what are you doing? This is too much control over us. Just let us hang out in the yard. And the guards are like, no, we have to follow orders. You have to go in the thing. And he's like, I don't think you're going to stop me if I don't do that. Yeah, he's like, why don't you eat my entire asshole? <laughs> no, it's Thursday. We only eat one-third of your asshole on Thursdays. <laughs> uh, it's Friday. I eat ass. <laughs> That's a good gag. Okay, so um, <laughs> the guard, you know, is basically like, no, you have to go inside. You have to. And he's like, I'm not gonna. We're not going inside. Yeah. Who's with me kind of stuff, you know? And, you know, the guard's like, don't make me do this. And he's like, I'm not making you do anything. Mm-hmm. This is your choice, but I'm not moving. Yeah, I'm not going to go inside. Uh, and then everyone starts to notice a seismic rumbling. And it turns out that Rahatan's power is basically telekinesis in general. Yeah. I do love the, uh, leave us alone and there won't be any trouble. Trouble, is that a threat? A force of nature doesn't threaten. It acts without warning. And then he just starts doing some telekinetic yeah, rumble walls. Yeah, he's space Magneto. I mean, it's it's very clearly just some Magneto-style dialogue. Yeah. Uh, so he starts just a shaking the wall. Mm-hmm. And at that point, fucking all of the guards are like, well, fuck this dude. Yeah. The, oh, well, now, well, because the thing is the guards aren't, ready to deal this is an interesting thing about the book for as boring and stolid as the tng and x-men parts have been so far they've written this prison very efficiently where none of these jaldians that don't have mutant powers are like ruthless bad guys or anything they're just in they're just as much in a horrible situation as the as the people they're guarding yeah and they're like uh what the what oh it's him he's the one doing it and you can tell that this is his plan because he's like what if i am the one doing it and just sort of standing out in the open like Please shoot me. I want to be a martyr. Yeah, and indeed they do. They they tase him, and he falls over, very tased, and goes into convulsions. And he's like, don't tase me, bro. Yeah. I mean, technically they don't tase him. They stun him with weapons set on stun. Yes. But uh, but he goes into a perox- paroxysm, and then he falls over completely stunned and taken out. And this is enough. He catalysts and he martyrs, and everything happens the way he was hoping it would. And some dude with super strength goes rushing at the wall towards yeah, where the guard is stationed. We have Layden and Denara, and Layden is super strength, mm-hmm. and Denara apparently has force field powers. Yes, good force field powers. She has, like, Sue Storm-style force field powers. Yeah, they thought... Oh, she can only, like, do it around herself. Mm-hmm. But it turns out when Layden starts basically punching handholds into the wall and climbing up, she can extend her force field to someone else. Yes. So she's protecting Layden as he tries to climb up the wall towards the guards. So he's punching his way up the wall, uh, and they start firing stun beams at him, but they're ricocheting off of Dinara's protection beams. And uh, after a while, she's not strong enough to just keep doing it forever. The stun beams break through, stun laden, and he collapses to the ground. Yeah. And even though it's more powerful on her, she still can't hold out a force field forever against a ton of dudes shooting laser beams at her. Mm -hmm. So it does eventually overwhelm her personal force field and zap her as well. Yeah. And then that's the kind of the levy breaking here. It doesn't create a riot, but this, this is when everyone backs down. Well, yeah. At that point... 
Like, no one else is fighting against them, but, like, everyone in the yard is going, oh, oh, fuck these guys. Yeah, this is this is kind of the moment. But they all shuffle quietly to last meal and then go to their rooms. Yeah. And that's pretty much the end of this chapter. But the next chapter kicks right back off with Arid in his room. Nope. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, you're wrong, but that's fine. I'm sorry. Have we already described all of Chapter 7? Yes, seven that was... is just Chapter all 7. Right, is just Arid. Yeah, because Chapter seven's like a page and a half long. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, cha- chapter 8 Although actually... Chapter 7 is probably the best shit that happens in these three chapters. Well, yeah, and we'll talk about why in a second here, but... Chapter 8 opens up with Beverly examining Colossus on a bio bed, and, and uh, also Nightcrawler's in there. And, and also uh, Nightcrawler's here, and yeah. Jordy co- shows up. And then Jordy walks in, yeah. And Nightcrawler is so accommodating. No. Well, I mean... He normally is. This isn't, yeah. this isn't weird. This isn't bad characterization. No, Nightcrawler is gregarious and nice, and as soon as Jordy shows up and he's like, hey, I want to test your powers, he's like, great, fucking let's do it. I'm on board for anything you want. Yeah. it's. I, I'm sure that Nightcrawler is mostly just absolutely thrilled to be in a culture where no one's mad at him for being a mutant. Oh, yeah. He shows up and everyone's just like, hey, you're rad and uh, your stuff is cool and we like you. And he's like, man, this is amazing. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. So he's excited. Uh, Jordy immediately senses out. He's like, oh, this guy's the fun guy of the group. I love those guys. Oh, Finally. The person in this group that isn't just stoic or an asshole. He's the guy I would like to be if I wasn't such a nebbish twerp. (laughs) But the first thing he does is he's like, oh, I want to try and figure out if your teleportation power works the same way as our... Like uh, warp systems. No, our teleportation... Oh, yeah, transmitters, right. Yeah, if if our transport uh, works the same way, so like... Is it similar? And, and, and it's I a love dumb that question. Nightcrawler I... knows exactly how his shit works, and he's like, "All right, how does a transporter work?" Yeah, that's the thing. He that his is is a dumb question in the first place because Nightcrawler has to be like, "I don't know what a transporter is." Yeah, every time in this uh, chapter, Jordy's like, "Well, it could be science babble." And he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, but he's like, "All right, well, I'm game. Tell me how transporters work." Oh well. You know what? Even no one knows. It turns not... matter into energy, and then it transports it, and then it turns energy back into matter. Huh. Okay, well, let me ask you a series of obvious questions about No, 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 don't, no. Oh, please <laughs> do not have any more questions about I need you to get this. all the way off my back about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, then. <laughs> For him to be like, well, doesn't that just mean you could make as many copies of anyone as you wanted to, or just make new guys? <laughs> nope, nope, can't do that. Nope. Ugh. <laughs> uh, like, I get that maybe the Federation has an ethical thing against that, but couldn't, like, your unethical enemies just decide, all right, all right well, let's just, like, transport, duplicate our best soldiers. Yeah, why would anyone ever go down on an away mission instead of just cloning themselves down there? Yeah, just be like, all right, beam me down to the away mission, and by that I mean beam a version of me down to the away <laughs> mission, and then once they're done, murder it. <laughs> well, I guess there's your problem right there. Yeah. <laughs> So, except we have to create a version who knows they're going to get murdered and is cool with it. Can you do that? Well, I am assembling them particle by particle, so yes. <laughs> yeah, but they don't know how to do that. They're like, oh, we can reassemble how they were, but we can't just fuck with where the molecules are and expect things to go our it's way. It's cool. You just need to change how Starfleet works to the point where everyone constantly expects to die all the time. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> So, uh, well, well, I mean, you'd know that if you were like, 
oh, I'm one of the bridge officers. And if you ever were like, why am I down on a planet? Oh, shit. No, god damn <laughs> oh, it. Oh, no, I'm, I'm one of the clones. <laughs> ah, god damn it. Well, I better do the thing or else I'll just send another me down that will. <laughs> and then you look over and there's like seven dead yous and you're like, oh, okay. All right. I get it. I see how this works. <laughs> I'll build my own transporter out of dead me's. <laughs> Uh, yeah so nightcrawler has to be like oh no that's that's not how my shit works at all uh professor x told me how it actually works and of course jordy's like the fuck is professor x because apparently they didn't have the rights to put him in the last comic book and not this one either and they didn't feel like asking them anything about their their structure or anything when they were going on their fun adventures yeah so he has to be like uh, Professor X is the best, most powerful telepath on Earth, and he also saved us X-Mans. And depending on who's writing him, he's either the most benevolent angel of a human ever, or a weird creep. <laughs> Some kind of a weird asshole, or just the best saint. Yeah. You know, eh. Depends on who's writing him, so... It, 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 he's a mixed bag. Let's just <laughs> let's just say it, Professor X <laughs> is a land of contrast. Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, so Jordy's like, oh, so you go through, you go into another dimension and then pop out at the the other, but the, the time moves differently in the other dimension. That's how it is. It's like, oh yeah. As when far I, as I know. When I go into another dimension, I don't have any recollection of being there, mm -hmm. but apparently I move through this other dimension's space and then reappear somewhere else. Yeah. And Jordy's like, well, hey, maybe that's how our warp engines work. I don't know for sure that the ship doesn't smell like brimstone when it comes out of warp. Well, yeah, he's like, oh, that's sort of like going into subspace. Of course, I don't think our ship smells like brimstone when it comes out. But who's been outside to smell it? So I don't know. <laughs> hey, Dana, come here for a second. <laughs> Can you get outside? I'm going to strap you to the hull. <laughs> <laughs> Data's uh, like, well, I'm willing to do that for now because I haven't died in the ca in the continuity yet. But when I do, it'll be because I jumped out of the ship. But when I do, <laughs> I'll enjoy it. Uh, oh, he doesn't die there. He dies when he blows up the scimitar at the end of Nemesis. But still, moving on. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the test is Jordy wants him to teleport while he's pointing a tricorder at him. Yeah. He's like, all right, I want to figure out what's going on with you. We're going to run some tests and. Nightcrawler, again, is 1,000% on board for this. He's like, fuck yeah, do whatever you want to do, man. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, teleport. And he bamps out of existence. There's yeah. some brimstone smell. Mm -hmm. And then he bamps back in, like, across the room. Yeah. And uh, Jordy's like, whoa, you're right. You definitely it completely didn't exist for a fraction of a second. And now you're back in, whoa, check out my readings. You're completely covered in Verteron particles. I'm... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm Nightcrawler. What the fuck is a Verderon? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It has to do with subspace. I'm sorry. I'm Nightcrawler. What the fuck is subspace? You can't just techno babble at me, Jordy. <laughs> I'm a person. You're right. I'm sorry. It's imagine putting too much air in a balloon. Let me fold this piece of paper and poke a pencil through it. Thank you. Okay, there we now go. Now I get it. <laughs> Oh, is that all it is? You fold a piece of paper and poke a pencil through it, but with space. Okay, I got you. Oh, I'm I am on board now. How do we get to the upside down? <laughs> and in summation, you're basically covered in pencil shavings. <laughs> in summation, you're a land of contrasts. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, Jordy has to keep being like, "Oh, sorry, yeah, I, I forgot I can't just techno babble at people like I can in the Star Trek universe." Mm -hmm. So he has to explain like. Oh, uh, Verderons are subatomic particles in subspace. 
What's subspace? <sighs> a spatial phenomenon where we get to move faster than light. Okay, great. And uh, what 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 the fuck is so interesting about this? Well, it means that you do have some sort of subspace interaction when you bamp through another dimension. Like, we're not certain if you're going through subspace like we are, but it might be a similar type situation? Mm-hmm. So Jordy's just sort of like, huh, weird. I've always kind of figured that Nightcrawler basically uses the safe version of event horizon grade warp technology, right? <laughs> I mean, because runs past some demons and is like, peace. Well, he never remembers it. And nothing bad ever happens to him. But I feel like he's just briefly in hell. Why else does it smell like brimstone? Well, that is a question. Yeah. That, that I'm sure that some comic book, probably by Fabian Nisiadza or whatever, has answered. I'm sure someone has answered it and mm-hmm. been like, ooh, we did a comic where we went into the dimension that nightcrawler travels through mm-hmm. and found out all the dumb crap that's there yeah it turned out it's Mystique a shadow dimension yeah a bug dimension it's a shadow dimension the shadow king is the king of it oh that's weird because normally he's just in a psychic place yeah it's the same place it turns out it turns out he jumps into psychic space and then jumps out again. it turns out that every x-man who accesses a different dimension it's the same dimension <laughs> It's I just jump a, through the punch dimension. It's just that they have, like, continents in there and stuff. <laughs> so there's one continent that's just punch. Yeah, there's the punch energy dimension. Uh-huh. And it's the same thing as the brimstone teleport dimension, mm-hmm. but it's just the southern hemisphere is part of that. <laughs> yeah. And also, whenever uh, Charles goes to the, the psychic plane, it's just also there. Yeah, astral projection is really just wandering around a version of the punch dimension. And I'm going to try for a second to think of any other uh, X-Men... Havoc. Oh, does Havoc access a dimension for his shots, too? Havoc is the same thing as Cyclops in that he shoots beams out of himself, probably from a dimension, although the my eyes are portals to another dimension is one person's dumb bullshit. Okay. So, All right. The rest of them just say it's a mutation and just yeah, move on like, with it. Yeah, they're like, he just shoots lasers, and it's based on solar energy. But is the punch guy, a punch dimension eyes guy an important some guy's bullshit? Is it Claremont? Uh, I don't think it's Claremont, but it is someone who is was it important. No. Okay. But yeah, so... <laughs> I, I've run out of X-Men people I can name. Uh, so Nightcrawler Perez? at that point is like, all right, so does that mean I could, if this is subspace, like, jump to another world? Could I just hang out in subspace and go like, oh, I warp nine myself to some other planet yeah probably although i would not recommend it because of galactic expansion and the fact that you don't know anything about orbital mechanics you are very likely to just end up in space also you would need some sort of propulsion going through subspace to do it because apparently i don't see why he teleports from place to place he obviously has some kind of propulsion unit well the thing that he's saying is you can teleport sort of from place to place under your own power, but going from like planet to planet would probably require some sort of now, propulsion. Is that, is that true? I, I, that suggests that whenever Nightcrawler teleports, he like jumps and yeah. then and then kind of is actually like physically moving through space yeah. in another dimension. Like he jumps and then he bamps and then he lands where he was going, but only because of the momentum he had going into his teleport in the first place. But I'm sure I've seen him do stuff that indicates that he isn't doing that. Oh no, he can definitely teleport from like. Oh, I'm going from this ship to that other ship way farther than I would be ever be able to move to. Yeah. But Jordy in the book is saying you would need some sort of propulsion to go from, like, star system to star system using your power. Because normally, Nightcrawler's a 
like I've got maybe a couple miles max yes. distance that I could do. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, maybe you can only do that because you're moving under like your own power. But if you had some propulsion system, then maybe that would work. Yeah, that could well be. Let's just give him a jetpack and check. <laughs> yeah, that honestly is the first thing that came to my mind when he said that is I'm like, Oh, give him a jetpack and make him teleport with it and see if he comes out somewhere weird. Let's give him roller skates. <laughs> We're going to give Nightcrawler some Heelys and let him see if he can get somewhere. You want to try and jump to a nearby planet? Here's a pogo ball. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty much all that's going on with them. Well, yeah, the, the other thing is uh, because he's like, oh, this is weird particles and nonsense, Nightcrawler's like, does that mean this might be my fault? Oh, that, right. like, because of my teleportation powers and the weird particles and whatnot, I could have fucked up the time hook? And Jordy's like, well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm Jordy. Fucking anything's possible. It's like putting too much air in a balloon. <laughs> oh, it gets big? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to try and get some kind of boost or something. Don't worry about it. Look, we're going to deflect the Verderons off the deflector shield and... Invert the tachyon stream. I'll so. release a concentrated polar on burst, and then I'll eject the warp core, and it'll be fine. Look, we're going to ignite the plasma on the warp stream <laughs> on the left-hand side. <laughs> I'll initiate a burst of tetrion emissions, and <laughs> next thing you know, you'll be home. Look, all I'm going to do is I'm going to have a stream of nocturnal emissions. <laughs> a thick, ropey stream. Gross. <laughs> anyway, if we go back like, to Eric. If it feels like we're playing for time, it's because we are. There's, these chapters are they're, they're slim on the bone. <laughs> ah, same. Yeah. No, not, not true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Science so may someday prove you have bones. <laughs> and then I'll open a restaurant about it. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. God damn in jokes. All right, let's do this thing. All right, What's so up we with go Arid? back to Arid. Yeah. Arid currently is uh, coming out of the mess hall. They're going to go outside, and no one has seen Rahatan or Layden or Dinara since the incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's sure if they're just confined to quarters or Perhaps if they're like killed. dead or banished or something but no one knows what's going on with them mm-hmm. and so Arid is just like man that's fucked up yeah no that's not cool this is this has gone beyond what everyone thought it was which was a like a kind of oh shit we have no other choice but to put you in here but we're going to treat you like people scenario to a no now we're in, in superpower prison yeah like before it was we're just trying to keep you away from the major population in case something goes wrong but now it definitely is like we are in a prison. We are just not allowed to have freedoms and everything is balls and they might just kill us if they think we're too dangerous. Plus, the guards have gotten to the point where they're like scared of them and reacting accordingly. So yeah. it's gotten all Stanford experiment in here and, and that's not working for uh, for Arid. He's he's grumpy about it. Uh, when he gets contacted in his cell, weirdly, not by Paul Duell the psychic, but oh, by... no, not in his cell. They're outside. Oh, they're outside again? God, yeah. I keep thinking they're in their rooms. Why do you think that? Because they're wanna... always outside. Because I like their rooms. <laughs> I like these rooms. I, I like to hear more about these rooms in the castle. Uh, What's but... the bathroom situation? <laughs> how, do, how do you piss? <laughs> Mutatiously. <laughs> how do you piss to an angel? I, I guess you wait till the angel cups its hands. I don't know. <laughs> 
Also, pissing to someone is an interesting concept that I would not like to explore. Uh, Check out my AO3 account for more details. (laughs) So, he is then uh, contacted by Corba. Uh, Corba, we met briefly last episode, mm-hmm. and Only getting she's a, mention. a speedster. Yeah, she's a speedster, and she has the annoying in-fiction speedster thing where they've removed the space bar element when writing her dialogue. Yeah. Oh, she's a speedster, so she talks real fast, mm-hmm. and to simulate talks real fast, we've removed all spaces from the things that she says. Yes, it does create some amusing situations where... You wor- find dumb words <laughs> You in find there. new words. <laughs> I love that game. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, did you just say ape penis? <laughs> I did No, I didn't. So basically, we have to deal with this woman who has the power of the micro-machine man. Uh <laughs> And she's like, hey, Arid, what's going on? Uh, I'm definitely not conspiring with you. And, you know, he has to look around and go, all right, well, you know, plenty of other people are talking out in the yard. It's not like the guards are looking specifically at them. But uh, she's pretty much just going like, hey, uh, you uh, you want to you want to talk? You want to you want to find out about throwing the government over (laughs) yeah so it turns out that that uh there's a kind of a fomenting of unrest that's happening between the various folks uh and they're using their superpowers to kind of discuss it amongst themselves almost everyone's involved Uh, yeah paul duel is like uh corba says oh i talked to paul duel he's talked to rahatan who is still in his cell Mm -hmm. so we know now that rahatan is not dead but it's just locked up in his cell and the same is true of of dinara and laid laden yeah so uh she's like yeah we all hate what's going on here we hate the fact that we're confined to where we are and that we're basically just being treated like crap just because we happen to mutate and that's why rahatan did what he did because he's trying to show us that we're still people and yeah and now this gives a this gives Arid the desire to look around and he sees that they've trucked in more guards oh yeah there's way more people up on the, the walls parapets. and there are like two new mutants mm-hmm. but like 30 new guards yes so like oh this is completely improportionate from what's actually going on they don't need that many more to guard the new arrivals it's just rotten freaked them out and the government was like well here have a whole bunch more dudes yeah so they're like, well, now's definitely the time to strike. Before they get even more guards in here, they can't stop us if we all they use our... They can't stop all of us. Let's see them aliens. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to... So I'm going to put you on the uh, the Naruto runners with me, because I'm the fastest Naruto runner, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to lead the Naruto runners. You you lead all the, the Kyles with their energy drinks. <laughs> Perfect. So, so yeah, she's like, look, Rahatan is... He wants to break out. Yeah. And we are pretty much have everyone on board at this point. And we could break out anytime we want to. Via, we have enough powers and we know enough people's powers at this point to easily formulate plans. Yeah. It's like, look, we're going to have to, if you're on board, we will use you because you're a dude that has ridiculous power lasers and you can shoot them from all of your fingertips, which means you can get some fucking spread on that shit. Yeah. No, if you are with us, spray. we will be super great yeah 
Can you co- will you come with us and color spray out fans of things that hit three to five kobolds? Hell yeah, I will. Yeah. So he reluctantly agrees uh, after hearing that everyone else has already more or less gotten involved. And the problem with that is like, I've got two choices here and both of them kind of suck. Because mm-hmm. one, if I go along with this and break out, I'm pretty much turning my back on society there if they get a hold of me they will want to either imprison me again or exile me yeah like if i go along with this prison break there's a good chance that i'd no longer get to be part of jaldian society Mm -hmm. on the other hand if i don't i don't know that i ever will be part of jaldian society and i will have turned my back on the only people that will probably accept me from now on i feel like he'll be fine because he just needs to figure out which species of aliens is purple and just move to their planet because don't worry their planet will also be se- uh, uh, selected chunks of southern california <laughs> Ooh, more scrubland <laughs> Ooh, look at these potato chippy hills <laughs> Yeah, so he basically goes aboard because he's like, eh, I mean, if everyone is going to break out, I have to go along with them because they're the only people that will accept me. Plus, if everyone breaks out and you just sat in your cell the whole time, it's not like they're going to be like, good, you're one of the good ones. You're on our side now. They'll be like, oh, (laughs) Oh, you're you're a credit to your race. They'll just be like, you're still a flight risk. We're going to be mean to you now. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, you didn't leave. We will lock you down, though. Yeah. Because now we know that it's a liability not to. So That or just take them somewhere and be like, yeah, we're going to interrogate you and try and figure out where they went or what they're doing. Yeah, so it's better to go with the pack here. And he, he does the math and he comes to the conclusion that, yeah, he's, he's kind of in. I think he's back. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's where that ends. That is all of our chapters. Yeah. There's so we've, no- we've set up the Mutant Rebellion and... We have also figured out that apparently the X-Men like just having a nice chat. Oh, yeah. The X-Men stuff is rough right now. It's going to take a while in this book before we get to a point where they do anything. But God, this- I'm so glad that this Jaldian stuff is there because if all we had read so far was the non-Planet X stuff, ooh, baby, this would be god-awful. It's just, it's just, oh, it turns out that the Enterprise and the X-Men get along fame, or the crew of the Enterprise and the X-Men Get along famously. I mean, the-, the Enterprise probably gets along with them pretty well. Yeah. I'd assume if, like, Cypher or Warlock was there, they'd get along fine. I mean, there is that one episode where the where the Enterprise becomes sentient of its own accord. Yeah. So maybe that happens, and then they have to talk to one of the X-Men who has language powers. Yeah. Yeah. Like Cypher or Warlock. Good hey. choices. Great picks. Fucking, I know my shit. Yeah. I feel like Forge might also be able to figure out how to talk to well, it. Well, I mean, he ship. could build a thing to yeah. talk to it. Yeah. He's like, look, I made a headpiece thing, and it lets me talk to your ship. When life what? gives I... forge lemons. <laughs> he forges lemons out of them. <laughs> He's the one who will forge a lemon that burns your house down. Uh, God damn it, Forge. You've got too much stuff. He does. I Forge is one of the characters I know the least about. He has the most ill-defined powers of... What do you have super uh, invention i can invent things how is that a mutant power and then one time they gave him magic because he's native american yeah they're like oh also he knows magic yeah. and uh he can he can do magic like, when, when i was why? a kid when i was a kid for christmas my parents or grandparents i forget which would buy me these packs of random x-men comics <laughs> that they sold in like sears catalogs or whatever it was just like five x-men comics that they're from like six months ago and we just put them all together oh yeah and they don't match to anything and it's just no, those were the best when you'd go to some comic store and they'd be like, here's a grab bag of 20 comics. Yeah. Well, the only time I got one that had Forge in it, 
uh, besides, I did buy a trade of the X Factor stuff once, like the early X Factor stuff. But uh, I got uh, this weird comic where we were hanging out with Forge and Storm because they were dating at the time, mm-hmm. and Forge lived in an invisible house. Yeah, well, that was and that was very confusing as a one-off thing to come <laughs> into. The- <laughs> Forge lives in a big invisible house. He knows where everything is, but no one else does. And Storm's trying to live there in the invisible house. I live in a big invisible bed with my wife. <laughs> I have a race car house. <laughs> yeah, Forge is definitely one of those from the same era of like all the Liefeld things. Was what powers do you have? They're ill-defined, but I'm a badass. <laughs> like, please just give them a distinct power. I have one glowing eye, so you don't have to draw my face evenly. Great. In case that was a problem for some artist I might mention. <laughs> I've got a metal leg, so you should put that one first, so if it looks weird, just know that it's because it's metal. <laughs> I have like 600 teeth. <laughs> Too many teeth. <laughs> uh, anyway, that is the end of our chapters. Uh, I am hoping that, like, I, I want to take bets right now on how long it takes us to actually get to planet. Oh, when anything happens. I mean, cause they're not even going anywhere near Jaldia yet. There's no, still, they're, they're still, still just going to the Klingon conference. Yeah. They're still on their way to a conference right now. Like how much more? I know I'm going to say at least next episode, they aren't going to, I'm yeah. going to say at least two more episodes before they actually manage to be like. Oh, hey, we heard that there's a planet, and then probably the next episode they'll get to it. Yeah, and the planet's name starts with an X, you say? Well, that's definitely a bad sign. Well, <laughs> that's it's a good thing you've got us. That's how you get mutants. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, we're, we come from the planet Zerth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned this. The X is silent. It doesn't come up very often in the Marvel continuity, but yeah, it's Zerth 616 that we're... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Actually, I do wonder what the specific uh, dimension uh, continuity it is for these particular X-Men. Well, I don't think it's 616, so they would have mentioned it. I mean, I guess. These are the 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 voyages of the Star Trek Enterprise. (laughs) These are the X-Men who met the Starship Enterprise. No, the Star Trek Enterprise. The Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, all right. Well, anyway, that's that's what's up. It's still wheel spinning. Hard, hard wheel spinning. Hell yeah. But we got a long way to go, so stick with us, and we'll, we will make it to the end of this book together. We're a team. And we've got so much more to talk about, but only if you're a patron on patreon.com slash system master, you can hear, ooh, our bonus content. Two bucks an episode, or if you uh, donate t- or pledge $2, it ends up being about four bucks a month. That's pretty much standard. And you unlock four bonus episodes of Expounded Universe a month. It's crazy. Yeah, you get, Plus you get a more ton stuff. of content. Yeah. We talk about a bunch of shit. We talk about stuff with System Mastery. Right now, what we're doing is we have Memory Alpha and Memory Beta at our disposal, plus uh, the X-Men Fandom Wiki, and we use them to dig up stories of ephemera and curiosities to tell each other and you, the listener. Indeed. It's a good deal. You're not going to find a better deal in podcast entertainment except for all those free ones. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and if you find a better deal anywhere, fuck, fuck it. it. Hey, I'm glad you went there with Dust Till Dawn. Hey, a- you and me, we've <laughs> been working together. Simpatico. <laughs> we might see eye to eye on some things. I don't hate it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate that every time I make a joke, you're also making it. <laughs> or I made it a second ago. <laughs> 
All uh, right. Well, that's that's patreon.com slash system mastery. Stop on by and give us a two of dollars. It'd be a great help and it would let us keep doing what we do. All right. Thank you so much. I'm the best there is at what I do. And what I do is go get some fucking apple bread. 